a terrific Thursday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show and I'm the Sports Leader TSN 1260, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where uh, on Thursdays, guess what? How about uh, a grand a day for 20 years? Hmm, not bad. Not bad at all. Check it out at Play Alberta. Of course, the uh, Lotto Max 50 mil, the uh, Lotto 649 is up to uh, 28 mil. So uh, check it all out at playalberta.ca. We have another great uh, show for you today. Vincent DeHarnay uh, is going to come up right away here in a a few moments in the show. Uh, Mike Maniscalco will uh, join us to talk about the uh, Eastern conference final carolina and uh florida who do you like uh terry ryan will uh join us of course uh former nhl our first uh, round draft pick uh, has a podcast uh tales with tr also uh they are currently shooting the second season of shorzy so uh, we'll give you a little preview and uh what's coming up if you watch a show uh i know those who, who watch it uh, enjoy it's a pretty funny show i like it and uh so we'll have a uh, have a lot of fun with that. Uh, we'll have uh, Ryan Shog join us later. Uh, Livingston, a little racing report. Uh, we'll talk some uh, Lakers and Nuggets. Game one was unreal. If you're a basketball fan, even if you're not a fan, you got to watch it, man. That game one was outstanding. We'll get to uh, Gazola and Strud's uh, a little trivia. Of course, uh, tell me I'm wrong, Strud's edition, and uh, much, much more. You can always get involved. You can text us at uh, 10 12 60. You can dial us up at uh, 444 you can uh, email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, Jay Greger at tsn1260.ca. And uh, we're going to get, I want to get to uh, DeHarnay uh, right away. So let's get to the uh, oral report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton, where uh, right now, stop in, test drive it. Perfect time for a test drive. The brand new XC60 plug in hybrid. So. Comes with uh, 455 horsepower, 75k pure electric ride. So get it all. Test drive one today at Volvo Edmonton. They are the number one dealership in all of Canada. New car sales for Volvo. Doing great. Uh, Mike Norris and Jordan, the team down there, they do awesome job uh, and they get unbelievable service. So check it out. So uh, Vincent Dayarnay on Tuesday uh, when you when you saw McDavid and Dryson already up on the uh, the podium. I uh, was having some interviews with a, a few of the other players, uh, one-on-ones uh, away from it, and uh, Vincent DeHarnay, who I think safe to say was probably the biggest surprise of the season for the Empton Orders. And we talked about just growing as a player, you know, what he's going to work on, what's the focus this offseason, and his his mental toughness because uh, it was tested in the playoffs. What's kind of you know, your main focus now that you've been in the NHL, played in the playoffs, played at the highest level? What are the kind of one or two main things you're going to be focusing on this summer? Um, I think the biggest the biggest thing is that I'll I just I think I feel at this point it's all it's all about details, right? Like it just once you get you get to the to the league, um, kind of realize everyone is good, everyone is. Everyone can skate. Everyone has a good stick, and it's just the small details that uh, you can improve. And um, 
you know, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off to, you know, do something else and just uh, get hockey off off of my mind. Uh, but when I'm going to come back, I'll, I'll do a lot of video to make sure that um, I want to see some some patterns that I've been doing. And obviously, I want to improve my uh, my puck play. I thought it got better as the season went on, and even playoffs, it got better. Uh, but as a big man, it's always a, a little bit more of a struggle. So uh, it's it's something I really want to improve on because I want to be. Uh, reliable and I want my teammates to trust me the coaching staff to trust me in, in, in every uh, situation um, and I would say you know my feet I mean it's always something I gotta I gotta work on I think for a big man I can I can move uh, pretty well uh, but it's I gotta I gotta improve every year I, I gotta improve I gotta keep up because this league is getting quicker and quicker every season every year you see it like guys are you show up at camp and guys are faster and um, so I, I want to keep up I want I want to play in this league for from more years I want I want to be here I know I can play I know I can help this team win and bottom line I'll do anything I can to get better improve on on some details and uh, when training camp starts I'll be ready and you know the bottom line is I'm here to win I want to I want to win and um, I'll do anything I can to improve and uh, and win next year you can move very well for a big guy and so that's something that will just I don't know Natural is maybe the wrong word. You obviously work super hard at it, but you mentioned the puck skills, and that's kind of the next evolution, especially today's NHL defense when there's very few guys that are off the glass. They want guys to make plays. We've seen a lot of players the last few years get a skills coach or look for somebody to really focus on that. Is, is that an area that you look at, and maybe you just spend more time on the ice just doing stick handling drills, not necessarily bag skating yourself? Uh, no, I have, I have a skills coach, uh, Dan, Dan Jacob. I've been working, working with him for maybe two or three years. Um, and and that's that's where I think I, I got a lot better. I think that's what my, that was my biggest uh, my biggest thing that I changed and I, I felt a big difference as we started working on more details and starting on not just passing the puck and more game like situations and um, and and more repetitions. Like the more you do it, the better you get at, it, the easier it gets. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know I don't I don't me personally I'm not a big believer in just. Uh, you know, just doing drills, you know, a hundred times, and at some point, it's gonna you're gonna get it. You know, I, I'm I'm more of a I like to work on game like situations and and practice those and do video on that and um, something that's kind of tangible that you can see that's gonna make a big difference. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's I, I try to improve every every part of my game but obviously like you said puck management is uh puck skills is a big big thing for me and uh i've been working at it quite a bit i've improved it uh but it's got to get better and it's it will it will i i i know i know how i how i work i'm i'm a, I'm a hard worker and um i always like to to put it to write a list before uh the this the summer uh, summer training starts and it's just some stuff i want to i want to improve on and uh, have a little team that I have around me, skills coach, uh, uh, strength coach, and uh, nutritionist, and I'll make sure that everyone is on the on the, the same page. And like I said, I know I'll, I'll come back next uh, next season. I'll be a better player, and uh, hopefully, I can I can help the team win. Your mental fortitude, I think, was challenged here in the playoffs. There's way more pressure. You know, you talked about it. You didn't like your game four. Got sat down. Bounced back. Game five and six. Uh, game one against Vegas. The whole team, yourself, probably didn't love it. 
weren't on a goal, on for a goal against in games two through six. How, how much did you learn about yourself and the ability to bounce back at key times? Yeah, that was uh, that was big. It was uh, it was challenging. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was pretty it was pretty hard. You know, you're you. Th- think things are going well in the first couple games and you know against LA things were going pretty well and boom next thing you know you're almost cost the game and the first period was one of the first periods I've played um and it's just how do you come back from that and, and honestly the biggest things is that the guys around you know came to see me Eki had, had a good we've we've I've mentioned it uh on the radio that I've came came to talk to me when a guy like that comes to talk to you and you know he told me is that been there it's okay. It's, it's you're gonna get so much better just from going through that, and I think that was my the biggest thing that I did was instead of seeing it in a negative way, I was trying to see it in a positive way. As it's over, I can't go back. So as I can feel as bad as I want, I'm not like I'm not gonna make I take those mistakes back, but I can learn from them, and I can I can see in a positive way. It's great. I'm just learning. I'm getting better at it. You know, by mis- making those mistakes, I'm not gonna do them again. I'll be ready. And uh, you no know, first game in Vegas, you know, made you know made that 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 play through through a player, and it was, it was it was a bad play. We got scored on. And the rest of the game wasn't great. Uh, and yeah, and it was my and you know I did it myself because I've learned from the previous series. I was like, okay, I know what it is. It, it sucks. It happened, but nothing I can do about it. I gotta learn. I gotta enjoy. I gotta enjoy that that feeling. Like it sucks. I gotta enjoy it. Like it's part of it. And you just gotta you just gotta get better from it. And I think uh, I think that's what I did. And I as the series went on, I felt more and more comfortable. I felt like I was making more plays. I was more physical. Um, so no, it was. Uh, Obviously, the way it ended, I'm not happy about it. Uh, but I'm really happy that I got the chance to go through those uh, those challenges because uh, it definitely got me, made me a better player, a better person, and mentally, uh, it helped me to to become better and to deal with the media and to deal with the fans and to because everyone you're all pretty and you're all you're good and then you make one mistake and the media will say that oh maybe maybe you shouldn't play next game or or, or and then the fans will will text you and you suck and you, we don't want you here and it's all stuff that when things are going well you don't see you know the fans are great the media oh, everyone's great to me and then the second you know things go don't go so well boom you're not good anymore and so it was uh, it was definitely a challenge, but I I, I loved it honestly. I, I appreciate it, and um, I uh, I'm excited for next playoffs because I know what to expect now, and I feel like I've have I have a baggage right. I've 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 have more experience in those twelve games. I've learned so much, and um, I've seen you know you look at guys like Aki uh, Nursi, like those guys have been around a lot and. The way they played, like 25, 26 minutes, it's impressive, and uh, I, was, I was happy to be able to, to learn from uh, from them. I got the sense talking to you all year long. Obviously, you're ecstatic to be here. You're very proud of the, the work you put in, but I don't feel you're satisfied at all. Um, but now that you had a chance, like you're an NHL player, this summer you go home and you're training that uh, you're like, hey, I want to maintain my spot on the roster. Whereas before, it was always like, I'm hoping just to get noticed. Like, how does that change your mindset? Like, are you more motivated this summer? Because you're just like, you can show videos and you're watching videos and it's like Vincent DeHarnay, NHL player, not Vincent DeHarnay, AHL player. Um, I don't think it's going to change anything. I, obviously, it's just a different kind of mindset, different motivation. Um, you know, last year, coming off a good season, and uh, the biggest thing was, hey, I just got an uh, NHL contract. I want to show up at camp and show them what I can do. Now they know what I can do. Um, so right now I'm just I want to show up 
and I want I want him to be. Oh, okay, maybe maybe he might not be our sixth defenseman. Oh, maybe he's your fifth defenseman. You know, I won't. I won't. I know what I can do. I trust my my skill set. Uh, I know what I can bring to this team, and um, I think my biggest motivation, honestly, after this the, these playoffs ended, I want to win a cup. I want. I'm 27 years old, and uh, you know, I know I won't play for another 15 years. Um, so my my biggest thing is like I want to win. So that's that's going to be my 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 biggest uh, motivation. I want to win. I want to win the Stanley Cup. So uh, every morning I want to wake up in the in the, in the summer, and that's going to be that's I'm going to go work out, and um, you know I, I have to do more than I did that I did uh, last year. You know, you know, I think we all do. We all have to to do a little bit more because we we all want to win. So. I mean, I'm actually very excited to get back to, to working out, and now I know what to expect. I know what to do to, to stay here, to be here, and uh, so I'm pretty excited to, to, to actually do it. Don't sell yourself short. Char, another big man <laughs> in his 40s. Hey, one, one year at a time. One year at a time. Uh, Vincent DeHarnay. Really like his attitude. Hey, man, the feeling sucks, but you need to go through that. You need to grow, and you need to learn, and... He's got a skills coach. Yeah, obviously, talk about it, wants to improve his puck skills. DeHarnay is a guy that uh, doesn't shy away from work. I think the fact that he made the NHL this many years after being drafted uh, pretty much illustrates that uh, he's not afraid to put in the work. I, I really believe that uh, in the next coming year, I won't be surprised if you see Vincent DeHarnay as, as a top four defenseman because size is something you can't teach. He And, and the thing about DeHarnay is he is – he does not care about offense. And on a team that really wants to improve defensively, that's a good thing. He knows his role. He knows where he stands in the pecking order. But uh, he has more experience. And when you just look at, at big men and, and you look at the, like, look, Sedano Chara, and I'm not saying he's going to be Chara. Like, Chara became like an elite defenseman. But go back and look at the first few years of Sedano Chara. Man, it took a while before Sedano Chara really, you know, became the player he was so i'm not saying deharnay is going to be a top pair guy but i won't be surprised if you see him continue to develop grow when, when you have that size and that reach and, and he skates well for a big man uh, i'm going to be very curious to see uh, where he goes moving forward that was the uh, oil report brought to you by volvo of edmonton uh when we return nhl playoffs they're back baby who do you like panthers or the hurricanes Find out next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We roll through busy Thursday afternoon. It's time for the playoff report, brought to you by Tenacore. Do you have an upcoming plant shutdown? Worried about getting a replacement part or a new piece of equipment? Need it rushed? We'll call the team at Tenacore to source and supply you with what you need, when you need it, where you need it. Go to tenacore.com. That is two ends in Tenacore. And the Eastern Conference final begins today. The West will be tomorrow. It's Florida and Carolina. Mike Maniscalco uh, joins us to uh, discuss things. Uh, Mike, um, you know, a little bit of time off for for both of these teams. I guess let's start with the uh, the news that uh, Tavo Teravainen is back in the lineup. Where is he going to slot in? Uh, that's a, a good question. I think that you're going to see him slot in in a couple of places. One of the easiest spots that you could. Put him next to is Jordan Stahl, and uh, the way that uh, Jordan Stahl plays, that takes some pressure off of Tavo Teravainen, what he needs to do defensively. You might also see him uh, go 
uh, and the the not really the grumpy old men line, but play with Paul Stasny and and Derek Stepan on a fourth line if Rod Brindamore wants to ease him into this a little bit more. But uh, if the one thing that Rod Brindamore has done in his coaching career right now, Jason is is when a guy says he's back and he's he's healthy, he doesn't he doesn't try to shield him. He gives yeah. him the minutes that he normally would give him. Yeah, I've noticed that. He's like, all right, you say you're healthy, then you're going to play. Um, who is Florida going to shadow? Who are they going to put to shadow Jordan Martinuk? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I, I think uh, the way that uh, Jordan Martinuk, and, and that whole line with him, yes, for Foss, and yes, very Coach Kinyemi, uh they were just absolutely brilliant in, in the second round against the New Jersey Devils. So, I mean, I would say I would I would call up the – uh, down here, I would call up any of the reserves that you have, maybe the National Guard, uh, to try to stop Jordan Martinuk, and I'm not even sure if that's going to work. Uh, the good Edmonton boy has been absolutely fantastic. But you know the funny thing about it, Jason, is if you watch the Islanders series, the one before, he played the exact same way. He just didn't get the puck luck or the hockey gods favor him, however you want to look at it as far as getting on the score sheet, but he played the exact same way. But in that Devil series, I mean, he's healthy, he can skate. When, when he has his legs, you can see what he can do to an opponent, making them frustrated and being able to get in on the forecheck. He's so hard on pucks. Uh, and he goes to the front of the net where 90% of the goals in the postseason are scored. But he's got way more skill than I think people want to give him credit for, uh, just because the, the numbers have never really reflected it in the regular season. But uh, that was a big series for him. And clearly, if the Canes can get 10 more points out of Jordan Martinuk in this series, they'll take it. So uh, if, if I'm Paul Maurice, I'm definitely game planning for how to shut down 48 in this series. Mike Maniscalco uh, joins us on Empton Sports Leader, TSN 1260 Hurricanes and the Panthers. And when you look at uh, Florida, obviously Bobrovsky's played ga- great in in the uh, playoffs thus far. Real bounce back, looking like a Vesna Bob uh, at this point. And Carolina's getting the uh, you know solid goaltending for, from both of their goalies. They they haven't really ridden a goalie due to health or anything for any extended period of time. Do you do you see that continuing? Do you think we're going to see both Anderson and Ranta in this series? No, I, I think the way that uh, Freddie Anderson took control of the New Jersey series, the fact that he was the closer against the New York Islanders. I think it's Frederick Anderson's crease from here on out. Now, when I say that, would I be surprised? No, because this is a team that, for the most part, Jason, had a rotation from January on uh, in the Nets. And Frederick Anderson, uh, the most consecutive games he played during the regular season this year, was three. So, I mean, that would be something, I think, to keep an eye on if uh, the Canes went seven. But with the seven days off in between games, I I don't think that – you have to worry about fatigue with Frederick Anderson or anything creeping up. But uh, I think that right now, the way that Frederick Anderson's playing, he should be the guy who's standing in the blue paint unless something happens. Matchups, uh, is it is it too easy to say it's going to be Jordan Stahl versus Kachuk? Or is that the obvious? Yeah, I think it is. No, no, I think, I think it is because I, I think the one thing that the Hurricanes do, Jason, is it's – yeah, you want to get your, your best defensive forward against the other team's best offensive players. But uh, the Canes don't look at it really forward versus forward that much. Uh, I think they look at it more as defensive pairing. So I think that you're going to see a lot of Jacob Slavin against yeah. uh, Matthew Kachuk. Or or you're going to see a lot of Brett Pesci and Brady Shea against the Kachuk line. And that's where the Canes go with their matchup. And, and, and I think that actually gives them a big advantage because everybody is always sitting there thinking, oh, this line is going to go against 
that line. That's that's how it works. The Canes, it's really more the defensive pairing, and then they just trust that their forwards will come back and do the things they need to do defensively to help out the deep pair. But it really is more the deep pair matchup against a player or a line. Yeah, if you're Rod Brandemort, you, you clearly want to get Jordan Stahl out there as much as possible. And, and maybe it would be against Barkoff if, if Alexander Barkoff gets hot. That's the good luxury that Carolina has right now when they want to play the matchup game, especially here at PNC Arena. You look at the Hurricanes, and, you know, hey, I give them a lot of credit. They've done it without Terabina and, of course, uh, Svechnikov, uh, maybe their best pure goal scorer. I mean, Alho's, I think, their best forward. I think Svechnikov might be their, their best pure goal scorer. Their defense core, I would argue that Carolina has one through six, the best decor in the NHL. Uh, their top four is dynamic. It's a mix of, you know, skill and speed, but, you know, Jacob Slavin's under Brent Burns is an ageless wonder, can still move around. I look at Florida. I think Florida, especially with Svechnikov out, Florida has more skill with Barkov and Verhage and Kachuk. So it really comes down to if Carolina's blue line can contain Florida skilled forwards, I think they win. And this is, I think, the biggest challenge because I think the skilled forwards in Florida are better than the Islanders and New Jersey, especially with Jack Hughes banged up. No, I think you're right on that. And if uh, if I could get one favor out of you, can I get you to come down here and talk to the national media for the one through six on the Canes defense, Jason? Can I get you on a bandwagon? Uh, let me know how I can do that uh, because I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you're 100% correct. And then the addition of Shane Goss to spare before the trade deadline, he fit in perfectly with how this team wants to play on the back end and with what they can do. And that pairing of Jalen Chatfield and Shane Goss is there. They get quality minutes. You know, they're not being hidden in this postseason against it. Didn't matter if they were on the ice against the Hughes line in, in the, the Devil series. They were on the ice against Matt Barzell in the Islanders series. But I think you're right. I think when you come down to it, when you go pure skill and, you know, I go over the matchups, you look at how good Sam Reinhart can be. You look at what kind of player, and, and maybe uh, for my money, maybe the most underappreciated forward in the NHL and Alexander Barkov and what he can do. And then Matthew Kachuk, like they, they have that skill up front, but I think that some people uh, will look at the Canes and this is what they don't have, but for the Canes, it's what they have and their forwards. It's a collective group. And, and I think sometimes, and I don't want to hit a sore subject in Edmonton, but I think sometimes when you're in a room and you have that fantastic player, the, the other players in the room kind of look around and they're like, well, he's going to do something. We don't have to worry about it. And sometimes that's just too much of a load to bear. And I think the, the strength of the Canes is, you know, they're not like, oh, well, if you shut down Sebastian Ajo, you're going to win this game. Well, no, if you shut down Sebastian Ajo, now you got to deal with Marty Natchez. Or if you take him out of the play, now you've got to deal with Con Smythe, Jordan Martinuk. So I, I think that's one of the things you look at. But how you broke down the series is correct. But I think that it's a little bit more to not the Canes defense shutting down the, the Panthers forwards. I think it's in Florida keep the Canes defense off the board because that secondary scoring that Carolina gets from, from its back end, 59 goals in the regular season leading the NHL, if they get that in this series, that's going to make life miserable for Florida. And this one's maybe more big picture, regardless of what happens in the playoffs. What do you see happening in goal for Carolina next year? We know they've got the the youngster uh, uh, Kojekov signed. He's got the two. He's got the four year deal that starts next year. Is it Anderson automatically who's coming back? What's your thoughts there? Well, I I don't know. I'll I'll be honest with you. I I think that right now when you look at how this team is built and both Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ranta's deals are up, so they're both going to be unrestricted free agents. 
uh, once once July 1st hits. That's going to be an interesting question around here, and I don't think that there's a definitive answer. Uh, I think that they would like to see uh, Pyotr Kochetkov continue to take a couple of strides forward, but I think the team's also in a pretty good spot of can they sign another experienced veteran and have Kochetkov be maybe the 1B next year and go down that road. And maybe that means it's Frederick Anderson. Maybe it's, it's a different direction that they look in. But uh, the one thing that this front office does now, and, and Jason, I think it's one of the reasons why this team has gone on this run and, and has had this success for the last five years, they don't do what's expected or, or this is what's available. They, they kick every tire and turn over every rock. So if they feel that there's a, a better solution and goal next year that they can make happen, they'll find a way to do that. But for right now, they're just concerned about what kind of play they can get out of Freddie Anderson and if they need to, Auntie Ronto or Piotr Kochekov in, in this series against the Florida Panthers. But that's going to be an interesting question this offseason for sure for Carolina. Uh, quickly, if you look at uh, an, maybe a matchup that no one's talking about that you've dug deep into, where do you? Because we know that hey, the best guys are we're going to have Slave and he's going to be up against Kachuk, and you know we know all that. Yep. What about maybe down the lineup? Uh, we've talked about Martin Oaks being obviously very good for uh, Carolina. Yep. Is, has anybody else got to step up for the Canes? And is there anybody on the Panthers that's not a a, a big top name that the Canes need to be leery of? Well, if, if Ryan Lomberg comes back in the series for Florida, and it looks like he is, uh, he is a guy who can create havoc on the fourth line with what he does on the four check. He's an irritant. He's a guy who uh, has honestly, he's given Carolina some fits. If you go back and look at some of the regular season matchups between the Canes and, and the Panthers, uh, for Carolina, I'm going to go with Paul Stasny. Uh, he, he was a guy who was basically held off the board against the New Jersey Devils, but he had three big goals against the Islanders. And, you know, sometimes we take for granted the Wiley veterans, Jason. You know, it's like, oh, what is this guy going to do? Well, sometimes they score big goals. He had the, the series clincher against the Islanders in overtime. I think Stasny is a guy where if you can get any kind of offense against him, and, you know, he's going to be in that if we're going to play the matchup game, it'll be fourth line versus fourth line. Uh, that's the one that I'm digging deep down. Does, does Lombard get to do anything that – you know, creates havoc or can stir up something and, and be beneficial for Florida. And can Paul Stasny, you know, this is a guy who is trying to, to hunt for his first Stanley Cup. Does he find a way to, to come up with a big goal or, or have a big moment uh, that can turn a, a, a series around? And, you know, when you've got that, that wisdom and that experience, I'm not going to call it age because I'm an old man now, Jason, uh, but I'm going to call it the wisdom and experience that comes with it. If you can add one of those plays, it can tilt a series, especially I think this is this series is going the minimum of six games. I, I actually think it's going to go the full freight and go seven here. Should be a great series, Mike. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the call. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, have fun, Jason, and I mean it. If you want to come down here and, and stump for uh, people with the national media about how good the Kings blue line is, I, I'll put up a green card for you. Why are they? Are they actually trying to like downplay their their blue line? Uh, you know, it's just sometimes when you hear, you hear. Well, you know, here's what the Rangers have, or here's what this team has. And, and normally for the Canes, it's like, oh, that's nice. And I'm like, they have 59 goals in the regular season. I mean, I, I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. Oh, no. I would put Carolina's blue line up against anybody's in the NHL. Like, I'm a huge Jacob Slavin fan, have been for years. Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, and Brent Burns, like those top four. Honestly, I don't know if there's a better top four at all. And I don't mind their third pair either, but their top four is yep. elite in my books. Uh, appreciate it, Jason. Thanks, and uh, anytime you need a guest, uh, you got my number. Give me a call. Awesome. Uh, that is Mike uh, Maniscalco uh, joining us 
from Carolina. Game one tonight. Hurricanes. Like, honestly, people are downplaying the Hurricanes blue line. What? Just wanted to have to put that. It's Thursday, and we've already got. I love the listeners are on the ball. We've already got text coming in at ten twelve sixty. It's our Thursday listener edition of uh, Help Me Understand. We uh, we have a, be- a few beauties already. So start your text with Help Me Understand, and uh, Strud's and I will get to that in the in the four o'clock hour today. We got a few beauties already, so we'll get to those. Uh, hey, they can be serious, they can be funny, whatever you like. Uh, just start it with uh, Help Me Understand. Uh, when we return. Terry Ryan will uh, join us if you're a fan of Shorzy. We'll talk a little Shorzy, talk some uh, hockey, and uh, old TR is coming to town. We'll tell you why next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on Thursday afternoon after the Sports Leader TSN 1260. How are you? Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you. Struds will be by after uh, 3 o'clock. As uh, always, it's time now for our big guest of the day, brought to you by... Our good friends at uh, Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment. They want to uh, wish the Seattle Thunderbirds all the best in the Western Hockey League Championship Final. They uh, were victorious last night and now lead the series 3-1. to one. They are one win away of going to the Memorial Cup, which, of course, won't be that far from them because it will be in Kamloops. Uh, gentleman, of course, who uh, played in the Western Hockey League, uh, was a first-round selection of the uh, Montreal Canadiens, uh, now big podcaster, Tales with TR, and for many of you who are fans of the TV show Shorzy, he plays Hitch, and uh, they are currently filming season number two right now. Terry Ryan joins us. Uh, TR, how are you? I'm great. It's uh, awesome to be on your show. I listen a lot, and I love it. Great work. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, buddy, it's always good to talk to you. So, uh, how's how's filming? Now, I, I know how much can you tell us about what's coming up in season number two? Wow. Well, Jared Kiso. I mean, I'm sure most people, if they follow Shorzy and Letterkenny, realize that he writes most of it, and you know, he plays a big part to say the least. So, but I really trust his judgment. He's always been spot on. So, I didn't really. I mean, I read the scripts, but until you get there. You're not really sure what to expect. Some things change, and until you're really in the room and doing it. I mean, I had a better idea this time than last time, of course, but we didn't really know. And the story, I never would have guessed where it went, so I don't think people can just assume um, because he kind of goes in a different direction. But I can't say much. I can say that if you thought season one was funny, I really think you'll think this part is because it was hard to get through the scenes uh, now I, I don't know if it was me now understanding the characters I'm working with more, but as soon yeah. as we got in to sit down, it was like we we almost it was like hard to keep the grins and the uh, and the laughter at bay, so to speak. Well, hey, you know what? I've seen a lot of outtakes on comedy shows, and you know, there's lots of times where you need a few of them uh, just because there's somebody who's. Who who makes the other guys laugh? Like it just happens, right? So how many? Uh, how how's your acting chops? Do you feel? You know, now you're in season two, of course. So how uh, how much better do you feel? How have you improved? What have you worked on in the off season of acting to be better? Well, it's funny. So I was kind of in that world. I'm getting more opportunities now because of Shorzy. But in for myself, I mean, I got a chance in November. I was in a movie called Made for Revenge. It just debuted on Lifetime a few days ago in the United States. I know it'll be up here soon. And uh, so that was kind of, I mean, I played parts before in um, a couple of movies around here. 
and played bad guys here and there, but it often had to do with me having no tooth. I was either a member of the gang or a drug yeah. dealer or whoever would have no tooth. <laughs> you know, it was often not a hockey player. But I was yeah. getting cut. You know, over here, it was kind of my job. I was more crew, but I kind of had my foot in both waters, so to speak. So I I did that movie, and that was the first time that I, I – and I, well, I went to take the tooth out because I play a bad guy. And uh, Alex Carrier is his name, uh, the director – and he said, no, keep it in. I'm like, whoa. And then I realized I had a little bit more dialogue than before. So I I feel like, I mean, you, you grow as an actor. Who am I, Robert De Niro? But I'm saying, <laughs> you know, you do you do learn a lot. And, and when you got to actually, I mean, in Shorzy, I'm, I'm not playing myself, but a close, close. I've been playing a former first-round pick from Newfoundland. Hitch is a little bit more... Uh, What's the word? Aloof, maybe. Uh, he, he's got a stronger accent, accent. But, I mean, I don't really have to, you know, I, I don't have to go too far in any direction on an emotional level. I have hit <laughs> down pat, I think. But, yeah, yeah. Or at least close to. But, you know, doing these other roles is one thing for me, you know, and, and to go outside of my comfort zone. But what I noticed about the rest of the crew, they were all rookies when we came in. I'd at least been around it. Even when I wasn't acting, I was a production assistant, say, on a movie called, or lots of movies, but on one we did called Maudie. And I was yeah. right there, and, um, oh, God, Ethan Hawke had to, like, break down and cry in front of me. And it was a very, it was a gripping story. Um, it, it was about uh, Maudie. Uh, Maud Lewis was her name, a, a folk artist from Nova Scotia that kind of became a lot more popular after she died. She had a simple life. He played her husband. And I was wild. I said, wow, my God. It was like incredible to watch that level of acting. But of course, you can, there's all kinds of opportunities from, you know, to me, that was a 10 out of 10, right? So I don't know if I'll ever get there, but what I noticed about all the other actors coming in from Morasti to the Nolans uh, to Joe Dolo, who plays my D partner, now they were all, they knew what, the, you know, they knew how to handle themselves on set. They practiced themselves and you could really see it. It didn't take as many times through this time unless we were laughing, but it was really, it was a lot more fluent. Well, the, uh, Terry Ryan joins us. Of course, we're talking Shorzy, season number two. They're filming it right now. It's going to come out, I think, in September. Uh, we'll get to some other topics in a sec. Now, I know that you're playing defense. So, uh, Strutty had texted me wondering, um, you know, do you need tips on how to backward skate? <laughs> well, I seem to recall, uh, yeah, I seem to recall, they, their team was successful against us in the 90s. But I, if I had to bet, I mean, having 50 goals that year and leading the playoffs and scoring, even though we didn't make the final, I would think that he was probably a dash five or six against me. But who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but in all honesty, uh, Strud's was a great player. Um, I In this show, I think I think he put me defense just, just to remind me that I'm not myself. You know, like, yeah, there's yeah, a lot about you sense. here, but Hitch is a different person. And okay. and that really reminds me when I go to the rink. But the other thing, the other thing about these, and you, and you talk about, you know, when we're doing it and doing takes, the fluent stuff is starting to be when we're together because we're buddies. That's what teammates do, right? Just picture yourself on a bus or something after a game or a plane or whatever you want to say, right? Like that's kind of the camaraderie that we have on that show, which is unlike any other show I've been on. Again, we're all like hockey players. What do you expect? It's a matter of reality. Um, but one of the things that is still, you know, because we're hockey players, so when we do the hockey scenes, we have to bring fans in. So there's hundreds of background there watching us do this. So 
like Jarrett wants the shots, so we we got to go through these. I mean, he takes pride in saying, you know, this is the best hockey show there'll ever be because it's real, and he brings in real players, and we go through it, and we go through it, we go out, and we practice. And so, like, it's not like pass it to me and I'm going to shoot it in and the goalie jump out of the way and put the ca- the camera's not doing the work in this. The players are, and he's very adamant. So we put the cameras in, and then he'll be like, "Okay, Terry, you get it from the point. We got to cut stunt coordinator, the Skeen brothers, and Cam Fergus, and they'll go through. And then, okay, I got to hit the hole. I got to get it. I got to put through the guy's legs and then hit the water bottle underneath the crossbar and the goalie. If the goalie makes it look too easy, we'll do it all again." So that's the hardest part, if you can believe it. We're all professional mm. hockey players, or were, but the hardest part now is getting those because if, if you don't, I find hockey more than any other sport on film, and Jared agrees it's his show. Um, I'm mirroring what he, you know, his opinion. It, it's, it's the hardest to reproduce, you know, everything from every hockey show, even the good ones, I won't start picking them apart, but... You know, if the, if the player's in the background, the goalie got the pads on the wrong side or the, or the letter on the jersey is on the wrong. Everything with us is authentic right down to the plays. So, you know, when we rent the ice, we go hard for like 14, 15 hours a day for two or three weeks, like getting all the stunts and the fights, real fighters, real fights. It's pretty wild how we film it. Tara Ryan joins us. I'm at the Sports Theater TSN. 1260. Uh, TR, outside of doing this, of course, you got your, your podcast, and uh, I noticed... You uh, you got the invite. You'll be uh, you'll coming in. Kevin Lowe's roast is uh, is just uh, over three weeks tomorrow. Um, uh, yourself, Craig McTavish. Uh, they just announced uh, George Larac. God, be too, there, there's not going to be. I don't know where you're going to find any material on him. But uh, how's uh, <laughs> how's your roasting skills? I, I was quite impressed by, by your roast on Gager last year, but that was on video. Now you're coming live in person, where you you not only do you get to exchange bars, but you got to take a few more. Well, you know what I, I liked about hockey and I like about acting is that rush that it takes you out of your comfort zone. And that's the kind of the way, like, I still don't think that I have public speaking down, but I enjoy doing it like someone who doesn't like roller coasters gets on a roller coaster and it's a rush, right? It's a rush. So this one will be different because I usually, Gager was more on my level. I'm got to get up there here as a, let's be honest, I don't mind, no matter how, how you want to say it, a first round nothing. I got to get up there and rip a guy who's got four or five Stanley Cups. I'm just doing the math in my head. One of one of the prominent hockey names of the last forty or fifty years. Very successful in everything he ever touched. And I got to get up there and rip him. So I think the hard part's going to be bringing the audience into that zone. But I think I'm just going to start with myself and go for five minutes and go from there. Maybe uh, rip myself a little bit first because I can't get up there and act to be higher in the totem pole than Kevin Lowe. It's an honor just to be at the event, but uh, I got some good stuff coming. Uh, well, yeah, I better have some. Yeah, this 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 brown nosing material you're doing right now is not going to go over. That's all I know. It's a, it's a, we uh, we have a little bit more of an R rated at the roast, as you know. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But uh, uh, be prepared. Uh, I know the roast master has uh, has a few barbs already planned for you. So that I'm, it's like anything. Sometimes guys got to get hit once, and then they get in the game more, right? Well, yeah, exactly. See, I know that going to this thing, basically, another way to say what I said is that I'm easily, I think I'm the easiest roastable person there. So I'm going to be, uh, but I'm used to that because uh, I do a lot of these things. But I've never, I've just never had to do it again with somebody like Kevin Lowe. But um, I, I've, I've found a few what I think are weaknesses. 
or vulnerabilities <laughs> is a better is a better way to put it. And I hope the yeah, audience yeah. agrees with me. So I'm going I'm to pounce on a few things that I see. Uh, well, you know, you could always say hey, Struds will be there, Sandwith will be there. So there's always a few easy barbs if you want to just, you know, incorporate other people. McTavish, George Larac, so um, yeah. Kent Tilly. Oh, I'm really looking right. forward to that. Yeah, I think it's going to oh. be a lot of fun. And those guys, um, I do some of these charity events with Larac. He's always, he's always got something to say. He's pretty funny. So the guys that you're all mentioning, even the uh, comedians, uh, I didn't realize that when, when you sent me some names, I didn't read them at first. Then I went back. And uh, read about Kathleen. Is it Kathleen McGee? My yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Kent, oh, she's Kent funny. Tilly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Kent, the I mean, slowest talking are... comedian in the in the planet. What's that? Like the slowest talking comedian on the planet. His cadence is like honestly, Struds could skate quicker than Kent Tilly speaks. Like like Stephen Wright, you know Stephen Wright. <laughs> yeah, He's, yeah, uh, yeah. Re- real slow too, but I, but I, that's what I like about them is, it's uh, it's not a rush. Comedy's not a rush, you know. No, I no. often get up there and you'd think it listening to me when I'm on stage, but it's a different approach. Quality now, over quantity. Yeah, uh, no, that's very true. Uh, that's very true. Now I noticed uh, you, you had Ken Reed recently on your on your podcast. Uh, uh, two guys, uh, you know, from, with. Uh, you know, East Coaster mentality a little bit. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Kenny Reed's a pretty funny guy. Um, what uh, do you have uh, on your on your pod? Like, because I know obviously now that, you know, you run in different circles. So uh, who, who is somebody that you would like to have on your pod that you haven't had yet? That's really interesting. Uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, so normally I have yet yeah, two a week, one the, Monday or Tuesday. I'll put out one solo because I talk a lot and I have ramblings and enough jot notes that I, I get through that. And then on the Thursday or Friday, I'll have the guests. So I do like an A and a B each week. And last week, like you said, Ken Reed. Now we got our start. Ken and I met out at, well, for real, out in, out in, uh, in person, out in Edmonton. We did the Bob Stoffer show years ago. He, he was yeah. on there and I would be driving stuff. Um, I, I was basically hot shotting for, uh, a company in Red in Red Deer for the uh, playing for the Bentley Generals. That's where we got 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 talking. So Ken, I have Ken back once in a while to shoot the shit about hockey, um, and you know all things current, because my my pot often doesn't go in the current direction. It's basically you know getting people on that I've come across somewhere somehow, um, and, and going through maybe you know, and not so much a, a, not always a linear like front to back of their their story often. But, you know, little things about them, and usually I would have come across them. So next week, we got Tessa Bonham coming on, uh, mm-hmm. T- uh, Tassia Tellis. Uh, she's in a, she's probably the most accomplished actor on Shorzy. Uh, she plays Nat, but she's got, I think, millions of followers on social media. She's on a show called The 100, you know, and goes to those. Yes. Once you're in Comic-Con land, you're set for life, right? She's there. So, um, and and so now I'm... I'm I find that the podcast and given my role in Shorzy over the last two years has given me access to musicians and actors that I wouldn't have had. I mean, even Wayne Gretzky is, you know, he would probably be on the, the Mount Rushmore. You know, a lot of people consider him the best ever. I looked up to Gretzky growing up. He probably is, you know, it's, but when I was 18, I had the same, when I was 14, I had the same agent. So I met like, you know, so I've, I've had access to hockey players right for the last 25 years. Um, the best one on down, if I really wanted, I could get a hold of somebody and, 
you know, my, my, my good buddy here played junior with Crosby is one of his best friends. So I knew that I would always have access to the hockey world, but this is now I find it really interesting to, you know, come across actors, you know, who, who would I like to have to answer your question? Maybe, um, Oh God, I listen to a podcast. Um, is uh, Jason Bateman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Yes, I think that's Will successful. Arnett. He wrote, I saw he wrote on Brant Meyer's book. Uh, he's a big hockey fan. Uh, he probably watches Shorzy. If anybody out there does, it's him. So someone like that, realistically. And I, I could tell you Brad Pitt, that probably won't happen, though, right? But, you know, it's possible. So who knows? If he likes season two, maybe I'll meet him down the road. Oh, dude, uh, Arrested Development. He's, he was hilarious. Absolutely My favorite show ever. Hilarious. <laughs> Will Arnett is really, man, that would be a good one. Uh, Be a good get. So uh, we'll see that. Uh, We look forward to seeing you in town uh, in a few weeks. So we'll have a lot of fun with that. And uh, do you know the release date for season two yet for Shorzy? When's it coming out? Uh, There's nothing official. I'm led to believe they want to coincide it with the beginning of the hockey season. So I'm going to guess a couple of weeks maybe before the season. Okay. I'm going to guess. So September, yeah. we'll be uh, well. We'll but you know what? We'll have to make a deal. We'll get you back on when uh, when the season's about to start. How about that? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. And by the way, I'm coming out on the ninth, and I believe, um, I believe, I've, I've been wanting to get a Jeep for years. My daughter, my daughter wanted a Jeep when she was three years old. She just turned thirteen. I got to get a new car. So I think I found a decent deal in Edmonton, and I love driving across Canada. So I really? might, when I do the roast, drive across in my hopefully, fingers crossed, new Jeep. And if so, I'll stay for a couple of days. We should have a barbecue and maybe hit the town. Well, buddy, I am uh, I am in. Oh, geez, is it going to be a rag top? Like, do I get to hang? Because uh, you know what? I like to have my hair flow in the wind. So that could be, uh, yeah. That could be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, your wish is my command. It's definitely going to be a rag top. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome, buddy. I'm in. I love it. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Sounds good. Thanks again, and uh, keep up the great work. Awesome. There's uh, Terry Ryan, of course, who plays Hitch on uh, Shorzy, season number two. If you haven't seen Shorzy, and uh, it's funny. It is very funny. And uh, he says that he believes season two is going to be even better than season one. So uh, very much looking forward to that. And uh, honestly, if you were at the roast last year for Gage, Terry Ryan's roast for Gage was unbelievable. So he he wasn't able to make it in. So what he did was he videoed himself walking around, and he, so he has like an acreage, big yard, and he was walking around talking to the camera, doing it. It was unbelievable. It was so good. Like I was just like, oh my god! Like it was funny, and really witty. And just like the barbs were so subtle and just crushing. Like I remember talking to Gage afterwards and he was just like, oh, he's talking in such a nice voice. And then he would just zing you. And it was so good. So I'm looking forward to seeing him live at the, at the roast for, uh, for Kevin Lowe. There are still uh, a few seats available. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's selling out uh, very quickly. So if, if you want to uh, get tickets, uh, you can uh, Google uh, Edmonton Kid Sport and, uh, and that's where. You will get it because, of course, uh, all the money raised is uh, is going to uh, to help uh, kids sports so kids can play sports, which is fantastic. So uh, George Larac will be there, uh, Terry Ryan, Craig McTavish, uh, Kevin Lowe. Uh, I have the pleasure of being the uh, the roast master just to try to keep the uh, everybody running and, and keep it on time. Uh, I think Strutty's uh, making an appearance. 
Principe. So uh, Kent Tilly and then Kat, like Kathleen McGee, like the thing I like about Kathleen is like she comes in and she's just dropping the hammer right away. Ruthless. I love it. So uh, if you've been at any of the, of the roasts in the past, you know, it's uh, it's adult only 18 plus and it's uh, loads of fun. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports center update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com.